Valley, our founding pastors of Dayspring. Amen. Woo! Thank you, son. <laughs> well, those lights are bright, right? They are. I am delighted to be here this morning. Even though the weather tried to keep us out, we came anyway, right? Amen. <laughs> And it's getting warmer and warmer in here. Wow. Today is Valentine's Day. Did your loved one surprise you with something? A rose? A sweet? Well, if they didn't, there's still time. The day's not over yet, right? <laughs> Amen. And you do the same for them. Valentine's Day is very important to Steve and I because that's when our relationship began. I don't know how many of you have heard our story, but I'm going to share it this morning. So listen up. <laughs> it began with a practical joke. Yes, I was sitting in our church library where my aunt was in charge of it, was a librarian. And this guy, well, it was our minister of music and youth, passed by with another guy. And he stuck his head in the library and he said, there's someone out here too embarrassed to invite you to the sweetheart banquet. And Steve's head looked in next. He was as surprised as I was. Practical joke, but it backfired on him. <laughs> Look at this, 50, almost one years later, here we are still together and Praising God. Amen. Amen. Well, he did invite me to the sweetheart banquet. Do you know what that means? In Baptist churches, many of them have celebrations of Valentine by calling it sweetheart banquets. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, I kind of said, okay, but I sent, I wrote a note and put it under the wiper of his, the windshield wiper of his car. He saw it. And I said, you know that was a practical joke. You don't have to take me. <laughs> but he contacted me and said, let's do it anyway. I want to take you. So... We did. Ah. But that guy tried to break us up because he knew how much older I am than Steve. I'm almost 11 years older, but I'm still going. Whoa. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, but we enjoyed it very much. And he immediately asked, if I had a call to the mission field, and I said yes. I am, I've 
gone part-time on my job and I'm going back to university to finish up my degree in elementary ed, to either go to China or Africa. Africa was where he was going. So we went together, hallelujah. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be so silly, but I'm a little blinded by the lies, I'm sorry. The month that we're celebrating of February, I dropped them. <laughs> Thank you, son. Oh, he's so sweet. <laughs> Is faith and love. Isn't that beautiful? Those are two very powerful words. When faith and love are foundational in a relationship, they create the healthiest kind of relationship there is. Did you hear that? Faith and love create a foundation that is so healthy and strong. The enemy cannot do anything when it's there. Hallelujah. They act faith and love as glue that holds the relationship together. Faith gives us purpose and direction. And love reveals to us how we're to live out that faith. Yes. We're told in 1 John 2, 5 and 6 that we can know that we abide in him if we walk in the same manner that he, Jesus, walked in. By this we know that we're in him. The one who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk in the manner, same manner as he walked. Verse 5 further states, Whoever keeps his word, his word in him, the love of God has been perfected. Perfect love casts out all fear. Amen. <laughs> Then it goes on to say, what in 1 John 5, 4, we are told that whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. You see the power of love and faith, two powerful words. But boy, when we bring them together, wow. What awesome promises we have in his word. Right here it says, the love of God has been perfected. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Steve, it's your turn. Oh. oh. You're sweet. Thank you. <laughs> okay, he has his mic. Thank you. <laughs> yes. So 51 years ago today, actually last night, 51 years ago last night, we actually had our first interaction with each other. So that's kind of fun. So. Oh. Yeah, this, this reminds me of 
the early days of Dayspring, when we got this building, we, we, uh, the, the kitchen was given this building, bought on auction the entire property for $60,000. And it was donated to the kitchen. And they tried to turn it into a homeless shelter, but the whole community kind of rose up against it and wouldn't let them get the zoning change. So they were stuck with this building they couldn't use. And somebody heard that we were starting a church. We started in the, uh, in the uh, Holiday Inn just down Convention Center. And they, invite, they asked us if we wanted this place. The agreement was that we would keep it from freezing up. But no, none of the utilities worked here. I mean, we got the electric going quite early on, so we had a few space heaters around. But everybody brought their, brought their blankets to church, and we all had our coats on during worship. And when I got up to preach, I'd take my coat off, and when I couldn't stand it anymore, then I quit preaching because I knew everybody else was getting too cold to function. So it was a little bit like that when I came here this morning. It was 46 degrees this morning. At, when I walked in at 7.30 and thought, oh, Lord. Anyway, we're up to, what are we up to now? We got 65 yet? Maybe 66, where are we, Richard? 65, okay, that's what, <laughs> it takes a long time to get this building heated up. So faith and love, what a great, what a great month. It's a, it's a, I believe this is probably one of the most important messages for the season that we're in, in uh, our nation and the body of Christ and the things that are happening in the world right now. And I want to start in 1 Thessalonians. And uh, Paul says this to the church in 1 Thessalonians. He said, but since we are of the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. This is written by Paul. Probably he's in Corinth, probably writing back to Thessalonica. He's had to run, run from there because of persecution and the church was under a pretty significant amount of persecution during this period. So 1 Thessalonians is, is written back to a church that's going through stuff. And it's saying the, the day you're in, and the whole, actually, fifth chapter talks about the day of the Lord. And it, there's the, the phrase, uh, you're of the day, that is not exactly what it says. It says, uh, it talks about specifically that you're in the day. So we're in a daytime when night is all around us and we're in this moment and there's a way we're be, to behave when everything around us is pushing in on us, when it, everything around is contrary to the way that we believe and the way that we stand, the way that we walk. Paul's writing into that environment saying, because you're of that kind of day, that moment, then what you need is a breastplate of flesh, a breastplate of faith and love, and you need a helmet, the hope of salvation. So hope is actually what protects our mind in this season, and we're, we're not in this. We're not to, to be, we're not speaking on hope at this moment. But if you lose hope, you're going to lose your mind. If if you allow yourself to become hopeless, your thought life will mess with you. You you will think things and imagine things and begin to believe things that, that aren't true and you'll you, there there are things that happen when we lose hope. So this is an incredibly important moment that we hang on to hope. But our our 
our topic today is faith and love. And, and the scripture here says that it's faith and love that actually protects your heart. Your heart is protected by faith and love. So your response in persecution, your response when the culture around you is not behaving like you want it to behave, your response when other people are saying things that you don't agree with is that your heart is protected by faith and love. I don't believe we, we often enough speak on the interaction of these two words because we, we desperately need in this moment to have faith and love in the way we respond. I, I see a lot, of the, a lot of the body of Christ trying to combine anger and love in this season, and it's not working. It's producing frustration instead of compassion. But if we have faith and love, then we will have compassion for people that behave and think differently than we do. We'll have a compassion for those around us that, that don't see it like we see it. And if we're not careful as a body of Christ, we can actually deepen the divisions on our nation by our responses. And the call of the gospel is guard your heart with faith and love. Because if you guard your heart with faith and love, the responses that come out from you will always be compassionate, loving, building, growing, and they'll actually release the nature of the Father. But if we allow anger to get in us or we allow some other emotions, fear to get in us, then that taints the message we bring and, and it just it ends up having a sour note. It, it, it just simply doesn't produce what the heart of God has for us to produce. Um, these words, faith and love, actually make it into the same verse 26 times in Scripture. So, um, you know, for you that study, when, some, when something occurs 26 times in the Bible, scattered throughout different passages, it makes it really important. It means there's a connection between those words that we actually really need to get a hold of and really need to understand. And so I, I, I'm excited by this, this month's theme because of that purpose. Um, just taking those two things separately just for a minute. Um, I think, I, do I have Hebrews 11? Is, is my PowerPoint up today? Hebrews 11, 1, is that up there? Yeah, there it is. Faith is a willingness to take a risk. Faith is that peace in us that will step out when things around us don't feel like they're working correctly. The, the, the faith, in fact, one of the, one of the Writers actually said faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Faith is the willingness to go into a circumstance where there's potential danger or there's potential conflict and walk into that knowing that what's in you is greater than what's in the environment. There, there's a risk side uh, of faith that, that's bold, that pushes in, that's not afraid of circumstances. That, that's willing to do it. And, and we read in, in Hebrews that faith is the evidence of things we hope for. The thought process that you have, the, the protection on your mind that we have through hope begins to take on visible form when we walk in faith because those things we've hoped for actually begin to come into reality. They, that we begin to see those things. We begin to understand those things. I, I remember for, for Sal and I early on, we... There were so many, so many parts of us trying to figure out how we were going to get from being in the States to onto the mission field. And uh, one, of, one of the biggest challenges we had was that I, I had 
When I left Africa at 18 years old, my parents gave me the, the massive sum of $50 and a one-way plane ticket to the States and told me to go get an engineering degree. So I showed up in Latorno College in Longview, Texas with, I'd already used part of that $50, and uh, that's all the money I had to get an engineering degree. Well, when, when I graduated, we had a little bit of engineering debt. And the admission board wouldn't allow us to, go, to enroll in the candidate school if we had debt because the, you couldn't go to the mission field with school debt. And so we're stuck in Longview, Texas, and we worked for a year. We both worked full-time and had a baby in that year and moved house in that year and a few other things in that first year. And we got to the end of the year, and we were further in debt than we had been the, at the beginning. And, and this vision of going to the mission field was somehow the hope was there. But it, we, we sat down one evening, and I'll, I'll never forget that evening. We sat down. And we looked at each other and we said, you know, if we keep doing this, we will actually never get to the mission field. Just, it's not going to happen. The, the hope isn't going to happen unless we do something different than this thing we're doing. And so we made a decision that evening as we sat together. And the next morning, she went to her work at the bank and resigned. I went to my work at a, at a roofing company, and I resigned my job. We called up the mission, and we enrolled in a candidate school that started about six weeks later, and put all of our possessions on in the newspaper to sell, and we literally, we were going to go, and we're just, God, if you, if you, you're going to have to do something, because we, and, and we took the risk of closing all the doors except the mission field. The next night, after we'd quit our, both our quitter jobs, we'd put everything on the newspaper to sell, I get a phone call from a lady that I hardly knew. She was a friend of my parents. And uh, the phone call basically, basic language of the phone call was, what's keeping you two from the mission field? Well, <laughs> it was... I said, well, my school debt, my engineering debt, I, I just, we haven't been able to pay off my school loans. So she wanted to know the exact amount, so had, we had to go scrambling. We had the faith to believe God was doing them, but we actually hadn't figured out how much I actually owed. And uh, so I got back on the phone with her and told her the exact amount. She said, a check will be in the mail tomorrow. And she paid off all of our school loans, our entire school debt, and we were in Canada school six weeks later. That's, that's the shift from hope to risk. That you step out saying, okay, God, we're going to do this thing. Don't know how it's going to work, but we're going to do this thing. Love is the motive by which we do it. So, you know, you can have all the faith to move mountains. Which verse did I put up there? Go ahead and stick that verse up. There we are. Next one. Yeah. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries, I think I had that one in here. Sorry. Uh, I always give my PowerPoint to Debbie on Sunday morning because I always change it early. But she needed it last night to load. So <laughs> I have last night's 
PowerPoint in. Sorry about that. Um, so if I have the gift of prophecy, know all mysteries. If I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. So there's got to be a motive connected to faith that isn't about bravado. It's not about being seen or noticed. It's not about, it's not about anything except there's a motive that you love that person. If a person that you're praying for becomes a project, you're probably not going to see them healed. But if you're responding to that person from love, then the faith and love mixes and actually creates the environment where the Spirit of God moves and brings the breakthrough. And it's really important that we get those two connected very, very closely to each other. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this right now, but love, love, is, a, love is a character issue. Faith is a gift issue. So you can get the gift without getting the character, and the character's got to be what supports and sustains a gift to function. So it's desperately important we get both things operating, the, the, the gift of faith and the, the stepping out in faith. There's different kinds of faith. But that stepping out in faith, that, that can come out of a personality. But it's got to come out of a character that's been shaped in Christ so that the, the reason we do that is we love people. There's everything in us loves people. And there's that response that... that refuses to treat people any way other than we love them. What would it be like in the body of Christ if we always behave like that? <laughs> I think we're going to live to see it. Okay, we jump to the last verse. I'm running out of Galatians 5. This is the verse I really wanted to spend time on today. For in Jesus Christ, there's neither circumcision or uncircumcision means anything but faith working through love. So Paul is writing into the Galatian church here. He's writing into a church where there's a deep division between, between the Judaizers and the Gentiles. There's this, this Gentile-Jew division. The deepest division of that day is being expressed in this verse. And we can pull this verse over in today and, and you can put any division you can imagine. You can put racial divisions in there. You can put political divisions in there. You know, Democrat, Republican, doesn't matter. We, we, we've got to, every division that you can conceive of goes into this equation that Paul's releasing here. The, the division, the socioeconomic situation, the, the amount of finance, the backgrounds, the history, the language... All of those things, everything Amen. is irrelevant. Now, are you allowed to hold opinions? Of course you are. My opinions may differ from you. Yours are going to differ from me. That's part, of, that's part of being human. That's part of being people raised in different cultures. We have different ways we look at the world around us. That, there, there's a humanness that sees things differently. And that's part of God's design. He gave us that permission. That's part of his design. But he says that, that those things, those divisions are meaningless. The thing that matters is faith working through love. The only thing that actually has eternal significance is faith working through love. So when we take a month on faith and love, this isn't just a 
topic you flip through and decide this is where we're going to be. No, this is actually the, the, the peace that causes us to grow in Christ and to come into maturity. This is the peace that will cause the awakening to break through. This is the peace that makes it work. You go back into history and you look at the people God used to orchestrate revival and, and you begin to look at the character and nature of those people. There, there was a passion for the body of Christ. There was a passion for people. There was a passion for the lost that was the driving force within them and faith and love mixed in that to begin to produce the environment where revival flowed. And we're in a moment in our nation right now where if the body of Christ doesn't shift into faith and love, we're going to miss the greatest opportunity in history for the awakening. Come on. I was just reading through some of the, the, the political and the, the environmental things that were in the U.S. before the first great awakening. It's absolutely staggering. Um, the, just just the, the way the nation had deteriorated and the, the, the universities had deteriorated and the, the lack of Christians involved in any kind of governmental and then the awakenings came and it shifted the, and changed the entire culture. I believe we're coming into another great awakening in our nation. I really do believe that. But it's going to be powered by faith and love working together. It's not going to be powered by a political party or by a particular persuasion or by a way of thinking. It's going to be powered by a kingdom-centered faith and love that cares about one thing, and that's the transformation because of the power and blood of Jesus. It says their faith working through love, the the word working through is actually the Greek word energeo. We get our word English. Faith is energized by love. That's the literal word that's being used there. But there's several other ways that this that, that word is used. It, it's to be operative, to be at work, to put forth power, to be effective. Uh, I particularly like the, the amplified complete passage. It, stick that next one up there. Um, it's the amplified complete. The Amplified Complete, the, the, or it's actually not complete, it's actually Amplified Classic. The Amplified Classic, the reason I like that particular translation is that when there's a, a Greek word that can't be described by a single English word, the, the Amplified Classic always adds all of the options into the, the verse. And so what the, what the Amplified Classic, it reads this way. It says, in Jesus Christ, there's neither circumcision or uncircumcision means anything, but faith activated, energized, expressed, and working through love. So it's giving, it's giving you a broader expression of, of what the relationship is between faith and love. It's trying to define... The, the action of these two things. When you put those two powerful words, faith and love together, something actually happens. And the first word there is the word activated by. Faith is activated by love. In other words, in other words faith is stimulated or it's, it's caused to do what it was created to do when you add love to it. Yeah. It's like... Love is the catalyst that makes faith work. It's like two, two tubes of a, 
epoxy glue, you get these two tubes and you have an activator and a, and a base and you put those two things together and when the two things come together, the, this thing that it produces has adhesion to it. It causes it to work. When you put love and faith together, there's an adhesive quality that comes out. There's literally a, something happens that you can't describe or define either with love or with faith. It's not enough to love somebody. Love has got to connect with faith for the thing to happen that we're believing for, the transformation to take place. Love and faith have got to work together. We've got to learn. This is why it's so incredibly important incredibly important that that our love is connected to faith and not to fear or to anger because fear and anger are trying to destroy our nation right now fear and anger across the earth are absolutely incredible the, we're, we're getting reports from the nations right now and, and and there's so many good 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 things happening in them but at the same time every nation on earth is in turmoil with fear and anger and there's these two principalities trying to take down the work of God in the nation but the, but the answer to that is faith and love the answer to that is that we walk in a position where, where we connect our love for people to a faith that responds in whatever circumstance we're in. And in that, we're going to start seeing salvation's healing. We're going to start seeing more and more testimonies like this. I mean, I love it. We're seeing so many, we're so many testimonies of God at work healing and changing life. Now, do we need more? Absolutely. I want to see Jerry Combs' wife healed. I want to see her touch. I want to, I want to see that cancer broken in her life. Uh, God's done so many things in that family. And we need to stand like we've done with Larry and, and, and Don and anyone else that's battled this thing. And we want to see this through to completion. The second word that's there in that verse is faith is energized by love. We're, we we usually use that word energized in terms of, um, you know, my, my little battery pack here has got energizer batteries in it. And it's, I, I'm talking to you because there's they're energized by something. Um, you know, I, I remember buying a Christmas present and forgetting the batteries for the kids. And they've got this wonderful thing that looks good but doesn't do anything. And faith looks good but doesn't do anything until love is plugged into it. And then faith is energized. See, we, we, we want to make faith about bravado, but it's about love. We want faith about a way of behavior, a way of thinking, or, 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 or the way we let our thoughts go. And thoughts are important. I'm, I'm not discounting that. But the actual energy behind faith is a love that's poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit that causes us to respond to, respond to people. And when you, put, when you put faith and love together, it produces a compassion that we actually respond to people from. Whenever I see the body of Christ not responding in compassion, I know we've missed one of those two components. We're either mixing our love with fear, we're loving so we're afraid for him, or we're fixing it with anger, 
we love them but. And neither of those will actually produce the life of God and the work of God in people. The third word is expressed by. Um, it, it actually, it, this, this word is about the message getting across. Um, I, I remember Sally and I were in a, a meeting in, in Mexico several years ago, and it was a, it was a large church. There were probably 800 people in the room, and we were the speakers, and we, we were brought, dropped off by a car. We didn't have a translator with us. They said they would provide a translator. So Sal and I, I remember we came in the side door and sat down the front, and the pastor kind of pointed to who was going to translate for us. And so I sat down next to this guy, and I like to talk to my translator a few minutes before the service starts because, you know, he, he learns my accent, and we kind of get along. And he just would not talk to me at all. And I'm, I'm starting to get just a little panicky because, you know, if my translator can't hear me, we're going to have a really fun night. And uh, there was no communication. And so a few minutes later, the pastor worship got done. The pastor called me up, and this guy walked up beside me. And I said, oh, it's so good to be with you tonight. And he says, hola. And I'm thinking. Oh, no. And it was that way for, I mean, for we battled for three or four or five minutes, and the pastor started helping him with some of the words that he wasn't hearing. And I said, God, I don't know where we're going tonight. And so I just started pointing to the verses in my notes and having him read those verses. And about 10 minutes in, we just... Uh, we got to a verse that was inviting the Holy Spirit to work. And so we just, I just stopped. I said, okay, God, you're going to have to do something here. We don't know what you're going to do. But we're just asking you, Holy Spirit, to come. And it was probably one of the craziest Holy Spirit meetings we've ever had in our lives. Sal and I walked around all night long just laying hands on people, and they were just getting blasted in the Holy Spirit. And it turned out to be a great meeting, but, but faith and love weren't getting together because... There was no communication. When we operate correctly, then the way, the way you present the word will be communicated through love in a way that that person can understand it. And we ended up that night, just it was the Holy Spirit communicating. It was a fun night. <laughs> it was a crazy night, but it was a fun night. <laughs> We've had a few of those. Final, final verse here. Our final is works through love. Uh, the word, word works in, and it's uh, kind of original, had the actual idea of lubrication. So it's love causes or is the lubricant that causes the word you have, the faith you have to get through and to touch that person. So it literally, it, it makes it, have you ever, ever given a word of knowledge and you just feel like it's bouncing off somebody? Well, love added to that word causes that word to penetrate instead of bounce off. That's the idea of that. One last verse. I don't think I have this one up there, but I want to close on this one. 
The grace of our Lord was more abundant. First Timothy 1.14. I don't think I have that on there. Sorry, guys. You have to look that one up on your phone. First Timothy 1.14. The grace of our Lord was more abundant with the faith and love that are found in Jesus Christ. The grace of our Lord was more abundant because of the faith and love found in Jesus Christ. How many of you feel like we might need some grace in this moment in our nation? The grace to deal with what we're about, what we're in and what we're going to walk in is found in the faith and love that are in Christ. The grace is not found in the frustration, the feelings, the anger, the fear, all of those, all of those emotions that swirl around, all of those things that happen when you watch the news and you get frustrated at the lies and you just... That doesn't produce the kingdom of God. But grace is found in the faith and love that are in Jesus. And so I just invite us to stand this morning and I want us to invite faith and love to be a part of who we are. Are you, are you warm enough now to kneel? Are you warm enough now? No. <laughs> She's still all bundled up. What temperature is it back there? 66. Still not good enough for you. We almost made it to temperature by the end of service. Wonderful. <laughs> wow. Put out your hands. Lord, as believers in this nation, we stand in desperate need of faith and love. We need your grace poured into us like never before. The world around us is desperate for an expression of your love and grace. It's desperate to see truth. It's desperate to see people who are not bound with all the things that are going on. So, Father, in your name this morning, I just release a season of faith and love. <laughs> the Holy Spirit promises that God's love is going to be poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So we just receive that this morning. We receive that baptism of love that will energize, that will activate, that will express, and that will work through love. We, Father, we just cry out for that kind of love connected to our faith so that we will see effective ministry as we pour out our lives for people. And we just release that now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If you've really struggled with frustration and anger over this last season, hand up quickly. I want to pray for you. Father, I just pray right now that you'll just touch my brothers and sisters. Father, we just break the cycle. We break the cycle of anger. Father, we break that frustration, and we just release hope in Jesus' name. We just surround minds with your hope because we need your faith and love to be working through us in Jesus' name. Father, we just release that now by the power of your Spirit, by the power of your Spirit in Jesus' name. If you struggle with fear in this season, just stick your hand up real quickly. 
Father, we just take authority over fear. We just say fear has no place in us. It's your perfect love that drives out fear. And so we just break fear now in Jesus' name. And we just release hope, we release expectancy, we release a future, we release faith in Jesus' name. Let your faith and love combine in each of these hearts now and produce what's on your heart. And we release that in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a really safe drive home, guys. Be careful. It's still a little slippery out there. We're, we're bringing the children over. So children's ministry, we're going to walk them over here. Nursery, you still will have to go over and, uh, and, and get your toddler. So can you just thank a children's worker when you go over there for coming out and making this possible this yeah. morning? Thank you, worship team. That was like the biggest worship team I've ever seen. Uh, on this day, I was just like, that's faith. Well, love and faith, right, together. So... Anyways, hey, just greet each other, encourage each other in the Lord, uh, high-five each other, whatever you need to do to stay warm. So be blessed. Go spread the love of Jesus.